This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is a visit with former Cyclone great Stevie Johnson. Mike Green of the Letter Winners Club caught up with Stevie, who was an integral part of two of the best men's basketball teams in Iowa State history and one of the best football teams in Iowa State history. The Sidecast is provided to you by the Iowa State Letter Winners Club, bridging the gap between legend and legacy by engaging in our past to invest in our future. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Stevie Johnson. All right, everyone, welcome to our latest Sidecast, and we have an outstanding guest today and former Cyclone men's basketball player Stevie Johnson, who played at Iowa State from 1997 to 2000, was a member of two of the best teams in school history, and his senior year still owns the school record for field goal percentage in a season at 66.3%. Congrats, Stevie, and uh, welcome to the show, Stevie. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's my pleasure. I didn't know that. I didn't know I still had the record, but it oh, was yeah. pretty easy when you get layups. Which yeah. <laughs> well, you still got to make them. You still got to make them. Let's get started from the beginning, Stevie. Beaumont, Mississippi, not a very big town. How did you get noticed playing in such a small little high school in Mississippi? My city was, when I was growing up there, I think it was about 2,000 people. I started to go to basketball camps, you know, to you know the surrounding areas when I was younger. Uh, we didn't really have any teams until I was in almost junior high that for basketball maybe yep. when I was in the fifth and sixth grade we started to develop you know little teams and I remember the first time that I ever played within the school you know we would play street ball but the first time I ever played you know um I, I did pretty good you know and it was the, you know against the bigger kids so it just yep. kind of took off from there I remember you know going into my eighth grade year in junior high that uh, more people was coming to our junior high game than the high school because I was already dunking and, you know, it was, it was a sight. Yeah. So really what propelled me, I think, to get start getting recruited by a lot of people, um, a guy named Gerald Snyder had an uh, invitational basketball camp. You know, he would go, I remember being at the South Alabama camp, I think, because I went there in the summer. And I remember seeing Kelvin Cato there, but didn't know, you know, that yeah, it was actually, yeah. you know, I had to put it together once I had got to Iowa State again. And that was the guy that was at South Alabama, but ended up going to Gerald Snyder's showcase camp in Jackson and doing really well. And that may have been maybe between my sophomore and junior season, okay. I'm thinking. And I did really well there and it just blew up. I mean, some month, but probably Iowa State had the fast track because Coach Floyd babysit my high school basketball coach yeah i was going to ask you because coach floyd you know some people don't you know don't know this but he has a lot of ties in that area doesn't he he's from hattiesburg uh, yeah he's from hattiesburg and his dad was the head coach at southern miss mm -hmm. and so that connection probably helped didn't it that helped iowa state that really helped me come because i don't want to get too far but i when i, I took three visits i went to the university of miami I went to Indiana, Bob Knight, and Iowa State. And uh, Iowa State wasn't my, you, you know, my first choice. It was very cold. A Mississippi boy <laughs> who, who's yep. never seen any snow. You know, literally, it was sleet or snow a little bit. Everything would be shut down. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So my dad really um, trusted Tim Floyd. Uh, and that's probably the reason why I ended up at Iowa State. Well, your first year at Iowa State, Stevie, I mean, you couldn't ask for a more loaded team. And, you know, you're a freshman and you played. You played as a freshman, you know, key role player on one of the best teams we ever had. And, I mean, just tell me what that was like that first season when you had, I mean, five seniors, five seniors and Kelvin Cato, Kenny Pratt, Dedrick Willoughby, Sean Bankhead, and J.C. Holloway. What was it like to come in as a freshman on that team that, was so stocked and very experienced. It was a great learning experience for me. Coming from high school and I was highly recruited and able to do anything I, I wanted to do, you know, on the yeah. basketball court, just learning how, how it is to be a college student and a college basketball player. 
Because anybody, you know, at that time, Coach Floyd is one of the best coaches in the country. And he was known for his practices. And it was tough. It was it was a learning process for me. But just soaking up, I, I was good at being able to sit back and listen and just soak up how things went. And just seeing the dynamics of the team and learning, you know, like in college at that time, you had really two scores every night then you needed that third x factor to score and yep. the game was finishing you know 60 to 58. you know so Dedrick willoughby and, and kenny pratt was our main guy scoring and sometimes you would have cato you know sometimes you know every now and then bankhead but he was the best defender in the league just learning i, I got to learn a little bit from all those guys and i roomed with jc on the road just seeing how he controlled things and how he you know kind of was the pulse of the team and he didn't have the biggest role, you know. People yeah. would if you if you just go back to naming people on a team, you may forget him, you know. But he was critical in what we did. Well, and you know, you mentioned Kelvin Cato earlier. Um, what was it like to try to attempt a shot against him in practice? <laughs> it, it was like I've never seen anybody like Cato. I, I ended up I, I got luck, and I got to play about thirteen years after Iowa State overseas with his size. And he was seven foot or whatever he was, but his wingspan was like set ridiculous. He had he could jump higher than anybody on the team. At his side, he could run up and down. You've never seen anything like that. Yeah. And we played really great defense. But if for some reason somebody got by you, it wasn't going to be easy <laughs> to get it over yeah. him because he was such a great shot blocker and with both hands. If you go back and look at his highlight, most of his shots was with his left hand. Yeah. And yeah. Coach Floyd challenged him. You know, like I was just watching the Bill Russell documentary a, a, a few days ago. I, I watched it too. Great, great show. Oh, my God. But Coach Floyd challenged him, like, Cato, yes, yeah, cute. It looks good when you throw it in the stands. But throw it that way. Let's start the fast break. Yeah. So he was blocking it literally. We knew, like, it was so funny. You'll get beat. Like, oh, crap. That's what yeah. you said. Get beat. You turn around. You see he there. You will already take off because you knew he was going to block the shot down into the other end. Yeah. So he started the fast break for us. Yeah, and I and one play stands out for me that you just said what he could do was I don't I don't know if you remember this. It was a um, well shoot, it might have been the year before. Mm -hmm. um, it actually was the year before Stevie. So what well, Iowa State was playing Nebraska. Mm -hmm. uh, Nebraska had a lead with the final minute. They were you know trying to go up by three. Guy drives. Kelvin Cato blocks the guy's shot. Blocks it off the backboard. Straight run out for Willoughby, lays it in, fouled, game over. And those are the things that he could do. He just totally changed the game. He and, changed uh, the game without even having to score. Just watching him, like it, it was amazing. Like he was one of the he's one of the best to me, one of the best college shot blockers I've ever, you know, yeah, yeah, witnessed. People always ask me, you know, like, what do you think about the team your freshman year, your team your senior year? Well, Cato will make it difficult for people, you know, to play. Yeah. And, and and to me, Pfizer was one of the best players I ever played with, like on the post, but he was 6'8. Cato, it, it, I don't know if you remember, we went to, I, I want to say it was go to the, to the Sweet 16 with Danny Forson, who was one of the best players in the country. Yeah. But yep. he was kind of built like Pfizer, you know? He It wasn't easy. Yeah. Because he was so smart. He never jumped before. He never got in foul trouble jumping. He would leave his feet after you and he would block, block shots. He, he made it very difficult. Well, that season, Stevie, was a phenomenal year. Um, you know, the team made the Sweet 16. You know, you just talked about the Cincinnati game where you knocked off Cincinnati, who were the higher seed, mm -hmm. went to the Sweet 16 to play UCLA. And, uh, you know, I made the mistake of watching the replay of that game. Don't ask me why, but I did. I really think that they're going to call that a push-off. You know, today's rules, don't you think that that would oh, yeah. be a push-off well, now? <laughs> it's, it's so different. The, the style of play is so different. But I just remember because um, – I know Toby Bailey. Now I, I met him live in California. And I know him, and um, sometimes he he sent me a a picture of I, it was me and Paul Shirley on the bench, and it looked like we were crying. I don't know where he got that picture from. Maybe he got it in a clip or something. Yeah, yeah. But I always tell him we gave y'all that. We was up twenty point at halftime. Like we was up twenty point, and if, if I still believe it, if if Willoughby would have been a hundred percent, we went. He was on one leg out there, and he yeah, was still the best yeah. player on court. Like he made eight three, you know, made eight threes in that game. He he was hopping, limping, and he, they still couldn't stop him. Like yeah, he, he was amazing. He was amazing too. 
people don't yeah. understand. Like we would go through a practice. You never seen Didrick miss a shot. When he missed, we knew like what what happened. Like he yeah. was an amazing shooter. So I, I've never went back and watched none of those games. That that, wow. that game or my senior year, I, I've never seen it. Yeah, I'm the idiot that did it this week. So don't do it. Um, <laughs> you know, um, obviously that season ended, Stevie, and I mean, pretty much the whole team's gone. You know, you lose six six seniors, and so now you're going in your sophomore year, and you have a great chance to play right away, and you do. But how challenging was that year? Because right off the bat, you know, the rumors about Coach Floyd going to the balls were swirling. Did that affect that team a little bit? I think it it may have. I just remember that, like, we had a, a really great recruiting class coming in. You know, we had a Probably lot. Probably one of the best in school history. Yeah, we had a lot, lot of players. And I remember, because it's so different than what it is now. And I, I'll tell you a story a little, a little later. I had came back to visit when um, Fred was there. Mm-hmm. So back then, like, the coach was like, when you went into the basketball office, nobody said anything. It was like church. You could hear, you know, they would come to the door. Yeah, Tim's in the office. Or Larry's in the office. You know, <laughs> so everybody's worse. So, you know, like it was just this, this aura, you know, with these coaches. It was like when I went to uh, Indiana and I was there with A.J. Guyton, who ended mm-hmm. up going there and had a great career. Um, like they were warming up and it was about two minutes before the game and you hear the people just go crazy and you can't see anything. Everybody's standing like, what's going on? You know, never seen it. Bob Knight is walking on the court. So that's kind of how it was for, you know, Tim and Larry. And I remember the first meeting we had after they had, the, I think it was called the Big 22 um, Classic. Yep. yep. We're, we're finna meet, the, the team we finna meet, Coach Floyd, you know, for the first time, everybody together. <laughs> and I remember Marcus... And I think it was Henderson who ended up not coming. Yeah, Gerard Henderson. Gerard Henderson. Yeah. They were clipping their fingernails or something. I don't know what it was. It was like, and me and Paul Schroeder just looked at each other like, this is not going to be good. Coming from high school, not knowing what's going on, and then coming to this very structured, strict, I'm thinking to myself, like, we're going to be running every day. Most of our practice is going to be just, you know, running instead of, you know, but it was – we had a lot of maturity to do. And Coach Floyd and Coach Eustacey both, they wasn't the easiest coaches to play for. You go back and look at those, my four years there, at least 20 players, really good players probably transferred. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was learning how to come from high school. You know, it's not easy for somebody like Marcus Fowler, who's a McDonald's All-American. You've been told you've been great since you was in the eighth grade. And now you got to come here in the thing with the coaches then they just chop you down so they can yeah. make you play yeah. in their system. It's hard to chop people down like that. So yeah, just learning how to the college game and learning how to adjust to the college, it was challenging. And and we knew, you know, we knew Coach Floyd probably was leaving. And I, I remember watching the, the last dance, and I don't know even if I should. When I was when I got to Iowa State, I remember Coach Floyd calling me one day, and I came down. And I don't even know if I probably should be even saying this over here. But anyway, he picked me up. We went riding, and Jerry Krause was there. Yeah. You know, they were great friends. And I knew that day, that was like my first year there, that he was no longer going to be there. He wasn't going to be there, yeah. Because yeah. it was yeah. already in the papers in Mississippi, you know, yep. like um, that he was leaving. And we were asking, you know, your parents asked, oh, no, I'm not going anywhere. But yeah, it was, it was already. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. Well, heading into your junior year now, obviously you have to deal with a new coach. And, uh, you know, Marcus Pfizer had just finished his freshman year. And I think a lot of people forget that uh, Marcus was good his freshman year, but, you know, he he probably went through some struggles that year. And but, so now Marcus is going to be a sophomore. You're going to be a junior. And you have a new coach. Did you ever think about transferring, or was it always like I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to Iowa State for all four years? Or uh, I just wonder if you ever had thoughts because I know a lot, especially in that in that era, when there would be turnover in coaches. You know, there'd be a lot of people thinking about you know going somewhere else. I thought about it, but back then it wasn't like now. You had to sit out a year, yeah. and you, it, it just took so long. And I didn't want to sit out, you know, because um, the guy who recruited me to Iowa State was Coach Green. And here went to Southern Miss, you know, so yep. I learned early on 
you know, that this is a business because these people have been telling me, the coaches from Iowa State have been telling me, Southern Miss, oh, no, you shouldn't go there, blah, blah. And now he gets the job, and now it's okay for me to go there. So it was – I thought about it, but I was always – like the way my dad and mom raised me, I was always – I thought about, like, okay, this is going to be a challenge, you know. And things wasn't going like I had planned. You know, when I came to Iowa State, I was one of the top recruits to come, and, you know, I'm thinking it's going to be – you know, I'm going to sin and, and do great. And it was, I was starting to kind of play myself into a role there, you know, and I, I did think about it, but, you know, they had a phone call with us and everybody was on the call and it's, you know, they kind of told us to come and give it. A, and I had no idea who Larry Stacy was. I had no idea anything about him. So I'm like, okay, I'll stay and just work and see if I can make the best of it. That 1998-99 season was probably when, when Iowa State fans really, you know, started seeing you blossom and in Marcus as a, you know, as a sophomore, that team started playing really well late in the year, even though a lot of people didn't think much of the next year's team. But there were some great games down the stretch of that 98-99 season, especially that win over Kansas at home. How much do you think that, that the late season success of the 98-99 season helped get going for the 99-2000 season. Coach Eustace was starting. He, he, we went through a lot of turnover that year, and he was getting his system and his style of play into everything, which it took a while. And with Mike being there and some of the core guys being there, Marcus, you know, developing every year, becoming, you know, from this freshman to one of the leaders on the team. We, we felt like, you know, we had a lot of good stuff there. You know, it was very tough. Not not going to sugarcoat. It was very difficult, but we could possibly have a pretty good team the next year. And and yeah. Cantrell had came, and he couldn't play, but he was practicing with us. And he yeah, he came pretty, a semester and sat out. Correct. Mm -hmm, yep. Mm -hmm, practicing, and he was real good. And Travis Spivey was there. He was really tough, and it looked like we were going in the right direction. The next year, um, which would be your senior year, Stevie. And we're, you know, moving along a little fast here. <laughs> you know, it's been told a million times. There were a lot of preseason polls that picked you guys to finish last. Mm -hmm. And uh, did that maybe give you an edge? And then when did you start seeing early on that this team had a lot of talent? And to help the fans out there who are just learning and listening, Jamal Tinsley comes in from a junior college. Kind of unheard of. You know, he was from a California JUCO. They did probably didn't get the press that the other national JUCOs uh, get. A lot of people didn't know much about him. And he comes in, you got Marcus Pfizer as a junior, you got yourself as a senior, and you got Michael Nurse and Contrell Horton. Um, you guys probably knew right away that you're going to be good, but like how much of an edge did it give you guys knowing that a lot of people were already writing you off? To be honest with, with you, like we didn't think about that a lot because you had you had Marcin Rancid, you had Paul Shirley. We had really, mm -hmm. really good players. We didn't focus on that portion of it. It was a grind every day. And we knew like the way we practice and the, it, it was very detail oriented that we would give ourselves a, a chance to be in the game. We, we would give ourselves a chance to be in every game. Did, did I know it was going to be what it was? No. Like I, I, I didn't know that at the beginning of the season, but once we started to play and I saw how it kind of, we jailed and, you know, I'm like, man, we can be, we can be okay. But it was, it was different for me because it was just like a roller coaster season for me that year. Paul Shirley get hurt. Martin Rancic get hurt. He got hurt. And yeah, because you were kind of forced to have to play a ton of minutes because of those two injuries. Well, I wasn't going to play. Like, I was like, I don't know what happened. So we went to, I think it was Hawaii. We, we played Drake. I want to say we played Drake before we went there. Yes, that's, we, that's correct. We lost to Drake. So we're driving. We're driving on the bus back to to Hilton Coliseum, and I think we literally was going to get our bags, and then we had to get on the plane to go to. And it was Hawaii. It was Hawaii. To yep. go to Hawaii. <laughs> so we're getting ready to get off the bus, and the co assistant coach said, okay, Larry, want to meet you guys in the office. I'm like, oh, God. You know, what's, <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's about him? And I actually, I thought I had played pretty good that game. Like, I was like the second lead scorer, not that I was shooting the ball, you know, mm -hmm. but I think I had 12 points and I had the most rebounds on the team, you know. We get there and coach just ate me alive. It was all like, I don't know what's going on. Like it was Stevie, you did this, 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 and blah, blah. I go pack my clothes. We go to Hilo and 
we played it, the team there. And for some reason, I just kept getting the ball around the basket and ended up scoring a lot of points and, you know, had a pretty good game, rebound. Yeah. And coach told me I was, like, selfish and I was doing, like, you know, I, I didn't know what was going on. So he ended up benching me and said, you're not going to play, you know, no more. I didn't get to play against, um, I want to say, Arkansas. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I didn't get to play against Arkansas or Cincinnati, which you played against them in championship. And that was the toughest time because we, we're almost halfway through the season, so there's no way I can transfer. I remember they had a meeting with me, and a lot of people don't know this. I don't think I ever shared it. Um, they had a meeting with me in Hawaii, and he basically told me I'd never play again at Iowa State, you know, on this, like, worst player on the team. I don't know. A lot of stuff. So I'm thinking, I, I remember going to the lobby, getting on a payphone, calling my dad in tears. I remember Lamar Odom and other guys was running around, and it was, it was like the payphone was in the middle of the hotel. So everybody could see, you know, could see me. Yeah, Kenyon like, Martin was there, too. Kenyon Martin yeah, was there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I'm like, what am I going to do? My dad, he just said, man, just keep pray about it and just keep working. But, like, honestly, and I, me and Paul and Ken Trail and all of you talk. If Paul and, and Martin didn't get hurt, I would never play again because I came back and it ended up they got injured. And I just, you know, to stay on the court, I did whatever I had to do, yeah. you know, which was usually guard one of the tough players and rebound my butt off and just be tough. And you did both very, very well that year. And I, I, Yeah. Which I don't know because some some games I was matched up against Chris uh, Mims and he was so yeah. you know <laughs> so, exactly. You know, but I was really strong and I was really quick, so it worked. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it just took off. We we jailed, and I don't know how it would have went if Paul and Martine didn't get hurt. I definitely feel like with them on the court, given that other scoring, we would have been really tough. I don't think I would have had a big you know a big role, but. I definitely think that team would have been great either way because yeah. Marcus was just – he was phenomenal. Like, down the stretch, when we went on, like, the Texas fort, Marcus yeah. was averaging, like, 40 points a game, you know? It was, like, it was crazy. It was nuts. Like, to yeah. me, he was the best college. Like, nothing from Kenya Martin. And Kenya was great and had a great NBA career. And But Marcus was one of the best players in college that year. He was. Yeah. He, was. He, he was. He was a man amongst boys. Yeah. And, like um, – but Kenya was such a great defender and he was so, you know, so I can see why yeah. he got hurt, you know. He um, did. That's right. He broke his leg or I yeah, think. He yeah. broke his leg. So yeah. I think Marcus is going to get player of the year, but he didn't get it, but he was definitely deserving. Delivering the best first impression for your company starts with your branded sportswear. Authentic Brands line of comfortably fitting apparel and accessories gives your company the recognition it deserves. Insist on the authentic brand label from your supplier or visit authentic-brand.com. I would probably, and you uh, you would probably admit this too, your middle two years at Iowa State, and it's not a knock on anyone, but probably one of Iowa State's struggles was consistent point guard play. And then your senior year, you get Jamal Tinsley. Mm -hmm. And how... How tough was it for the players to adapt to his ball handling and passing? Were there times when a ball would just come whizzing by you and you had no idea it was coming? Or did it take a while to kind of get used to that? Because it seemed like once you did, he was going to find you in the right spot, wasn't he? Yeah. And, and what people don't may not remember, we had – was it C.J. Bruton from Australia who ended up he was supposed pro? to He was supposed to be on your team. That's right. Yeah, he was supposed to come that year but ended up going pro, and I think that would have did – you know, would have helped. But the good thing for me is we we got to play with Jamal in the summer. So you learn pretty quick. If you didn't get your hand – if you weren't ready, the ball would hit you in the face. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> I, I, I was luckily blessed with, you know, good hands and, you know, I could uh, anticipate things. So I always saw it coming. That's why I, I, he would give it to me because I was going to catch it. And most of the time I could finish it. That and I learned, I think one of the good things for me and went on with me overseas because I played with Kevin Cato my freshman year. So I learned how to kind of get the ball high around the basket. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just playing being able to play with Jamal in the summer, it gave you knew like, hey, you better be ready because he's not really looking to shoot it. He's he wanna pass it to you. So just be ready. If you catch and you finish, you're okay. Now if you miss the pass. He would get upset and he might not give it to you again. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of learn that, you know, playing pickup. That was, he was amazing. Like what he was doing out there was just, 
amazing. Like people don't even understand like the things he would do in practice, you know, going between guys leg with the ball. Like he, he was really fun to watch. And it was just like, it, it was being a part of that team. One of the best teams I've yeah. probably been on in my life. It was just like to see it from day one to the last game. It was pretty, pretty special. Well, and you know, how influential was he to help you with that school record, you know, field goal percentage? Um, because you just, you just got to the spot and beat your guy down low and it, the ball's going to be there in it. Yeah, it was, it was him. I, I rebounded a lot because I, I wasn't able to, you know, I couldn't shoot. You know, they, they told me you can't shoot. Like, yeah, yeah. Even if you get the, re if you get the rebound, Steve, you find Mike Cantrell or Fiza, you know? So I wasn't even allowed to shoot on a lot of the offensive rebound unless I got it right there. So I was I was smart enough, though, because they basically wasn't guarding me to put myself in a position around the basket where it made it easy to get yeah, offensive yeah. rebound or I get it and just go up really fast with it. So yeah. you, you learn. You learn on the court. Like that was that was one good thing about me. I was able to learn small details because it's the smallest details that win games and loses game for you. Absolutely. And just being able, being six four, first of all, it wasn't gonna take me long to get it and get it up to the basket. That's where I see a lot of the big men, it takes them too long from the time they catch it to the time. Like that that's a big frustration of mine because I was taught to be already stepping into it and it's up before these yeah. guys have a chance. So Jamal was like, I could run that floor, and it was like he was a quarterback. And I'm going to beat that guy down the court because I'm going against a, a four. It was right there, and you could just lay it up. Yeah. You know, the one thing, Stevie, you know, you obviously, you know, great jumping ability. But the one thing that I always noticed about your game what made it so good was that not only could you jump, but you had quick instincts to do it before yeah. the defense was set. Was that just mm -hmm. something just innate, or did you work on that? It was hereditary. My dad was a great athlete, and I always played against because I didn't grow after 14 years old. So I was six four. Okay. Since I, so I always played with older people. I always played with my older cousins. I always played with bigger guys in the neighborhood. So I learned just small little things that I didn't even know I was doing until I got overseas. And um, my coach, my first year in Iceland, was trying to get me to help some of the the postman and Stevie, uh, show them how you do, you, you just, you just flick the ball up there really fast. You're, I'm like, yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> you just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just flick it up there. Oh, okay. So I just get it and, you know, go. So I didn't even know I was, it was instincts. It was yeah. just a yeah. athletic ability, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I worked on it because I know that's the only way I could, you know, I can't out jump everybody. And even if I can out jump them, they're way taller. So how can I get this ball on the glass? before he can even get ready to jump. So most yep. of the time I was already in the air before when they getting ready to do this. So yeah, it, it, it was instincts and I, I worked on it. All the drills we did in practice with the big men, I worked on a lot of that stuff because I had to have coach floor. You said angle to the basket because I'm not going to go right over you. I need an angle and I can just get it off the glass. You know, uh, that 99, 2000 team, people forget how close you guys were to running the table in the big 12 your only two losses were on the road in overtime. You know, one was a half court shot by Jackway Walls at Colorado. Sorry to bring that up, but yeah. like, but that was a 14 and two season. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, I've worked here almost 30 years and to me, the buzz around the last two home games, you guys had to play uh, Texas and Oklahoma state, which by far were the probably the next two or three best teams in the league, you know, plus Kansas. And you had them at home. And I've never seen a buzz around this town. Uh, do you recollect the town just going crazy? Because if Iowa State beats Texas and Oklahoma State, you're probably in the driver's seat to win the league for the first time since 1945. Yeah. But do you remember the feeling going into those last two home games? Yeah, I, I do. Because Coach Coach Stacy was on us so hard because – he was still driving. Nobody respected you. you. guys still, they still don't expect you to beat Oklahoma. They still think Texas is going to come in here and beat your butt. And he will always put it to it. By the time we got on the floor, we were just so angry and so ready to go. Yeah, that yeah. It was like, we're going to kill it. There's no way they're going to beat us. You know, there's just no way. And I tell people, I'm biased, of course, because I went to Iowa State. If my job is to travel around the country and see these residents, the best place to play, it's hard for me to pick 
somewhere beside Iowa State. And I've never been to Camden. I've never been to Duke. And I know those smaller stadiums sometimes because when we used to play at Oklahoma State when it was small, it was tough. Yep. You had a little cowboy going shooting a gun. That, it was it was tough because it seemed like they're <laughs> yeah. right on top of you. You know? Yeah. But I remember in those games at Texas and Oklahoma State, it was so loud, the floor was shaped. You, you tell me the other team is going to be able to yeah. – like it was – like I still get – goosebumps i still get chills just thinking about that i remember Pfizer dunking over mims in that game and it was like there's no way you could it's over you know like it was it was done it was done after that (laughs) they they, they all running with their heads out it's it it, there's no way you guys can beat us it's not gonna even like it was the atmosphere was just amazing it was it was I, I wish I could put it in words, but I always tell anybody, go watch a basketball game in Iowa State at Hill. When, like, that is, to me, that was probably the one thing that kept me there. You say about ch- transferring, it was the people in the city because people treated us very well. I felt like that was my home after being there for two years, you know. And for me, like, the basketball wasn't going the way I had planned. But it was the people always treated us with respect, treated us great. And playing in Hilton was one of probably the thing that kept me there, to be honest. Yeah. You know, when things yeah. are not going well for me, I felt like, to be honest, Mike, I felt like a failure. I would go home and I couldn't even, you know, my guys were like, Stevie, you, you, you're not playing like you, you know, we saw you. It, it, I, I didn't even feel like myself because I was very robotic on the court. But fans never made me feel like that. Yeah, your rebounds help us win the game. Nobody, we they care about you know people. Oh, you just rebound and defend it like that was not what uh, a role that you would want. But I bought into the fact that okay, I'm gonna if if this is all I can do, then I'm gonna do it better than anybody. Yep, you know, and I, I'm not gonna be the reason at the end of the game when they come and they look at well, I'm not gonna be the reason why Iowa State lost. My man is not gonna score. I'm gonna get the most re- you know. These, this is what I got to do to help this team win. And I bought into it and I just try to do it my best. But it was, I wish people could really like um, see. I always tell my brothers, because some of them did, didn't get to come to the game, you have to go to a basketball game at Iowa State because it's just, it, it's electric. Yeah. And and you helped, you helped make it electric, you know, Stevie. And that last regular season Big 12 game that year was at Baylor. And if you win, you're outright champs for the first time in since 1945, 55 years, what was the feeling like when you guys beat Baylor and clinched the big 12 title? I mean, was there relief or was there, was there excitement or it was just like on to the next? Cause you got more, more things to accomplish. We played for Larry States, so it wasn't in a celebration. <laughs> you know, it was like, now we got the big 12 tournament. The thing about it, my freshman year and my senior year, and I didn't appreciate any of this to after I was gone. And now I look back at the teams and I look, man, we're still one of the best teams. You know, you couldn't appreciate it because we were so driven and we were so with just blindfolds on. And the coaches we had wouldn't allow you to like really appreciate it, which was good, you know, I guess. But it was on to the next task. You know, now we think about, okay, we just won a championship. You would think you would be to relax, but now we got to win the Big 12 championship. That's what we went right thinking that thinking, you know, okay, now we got to win the Big 12 championship. And you did win the Big 12 championship (laughs) in that final game and, you know, for the title against Oklahoma State. And people forget that Oklahoma State game, that Oklahoma State team made the Elite Eight. Very good team, top 10 all year. That game was one of the best games I've ever seen in person. And it went down to the wire. Oklahoma State had a lead with like about two, three minutes left, and it didn't look good. But you came up with a big – three-point play late that kind of spurred it along. What do you remember from the you know closing moments of that game? I remember <laughs> everybody looking at it different because it was a if you look on paper, it was a great game for me. I had 20 points, but I missed a lot of free throws early. And I didn't have confidence at the line. So I remember like I'm gonna make sure I put it in just in case I missed it. anytime I got fouled, I wanted to make sure I made the and one. But I had confidence at the end of the game because I'm yeah. like, I'm not missing these. There's no way. And I got got some steals and things. There's no way that we're going to lose this game. You know, it, it was they was always Oklahoma State was always really tough to play. They they were just like yeah. us. Yeah. If I had to say somebody who was just like us during those years, it was Eddie Sutton team. They were going to go out there. But you, yeah. you was going to be uncomfortable when you played them. 
Well, they had Desmond Mason on that team too. Desmond Mason. Yeah. yeah. They had uh, Joe Atkins, uh, yep. Doug Gottlieb. Oh yeah, Gottlieb was on that team, and so was yeah. uh, that center Jonesine. Frederick Jonesine was a really mm-hmm. good center. But yeah, that was. I mean, that those those games were classic games. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, obviously, you know, won the regular season title, won the Big Twelve tournament, never been done before in the history of Iowa State basketball. You guys are in the uh, the two seed, and you get to go to you know, Minneapolis, which was great because, because our fans, but yes. was there, was there still uh, maybe a little disappointment that you didn't get a one seed? Look, we won 30 something games. Yeah. <laughs> how do we, like, how did you not give us a one seed? Yeah. So that's just, that's easy for coach Stacy. You know, that's easy. Look at this. You guys are two seed. They don't respect you. Yeah. You know, you just won, like you beat everybody who they put in front of you beating Everybody who you wasn't supposed to beat the Texas and the Big Twelve was the Big Twelve back then too, you know. So it was one of the best conferences. You don't beat everybody, but still, you're a number two seed. You won the regular season and the tournament, and you're not a number one seed. Like, how's that even possible? So, probably the only time that's probably ever happened. To be honest with you, I mean, yeah. I don't have the answer in front of me, but I can't imagine many teams win the Big 12 and the Big 12 tournament and, not, and yeah. don't earn a one seed. And we, like, I don't remember. I think it was like 32 and five or 32. Some, yeah. It was something like, like how are we not? Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. you know, and, and obviously once you get into the NCAA tournament, you knock off Central Connecticut State, you knock off Auburn. Now you're on to the Sweet 16. And everyone remembers uh, UCLA destroyed Maryland. I think it was Maryland, right? Yes. And they were just all of a sudden the talk of the tournament. And now you got to play UCLA in the Sweet 16 up in uh, the Palace in Auburn Hills, and it wasn't even a game, was it? <laughs> it was so fun. It's so funny because I, I I bring like I tell you, Toby uh, Bailey from UCLA. He sent me a clip of me and Paul my freshman year, and then I always bring up what we did to them our senior year. Yeah, but we had Coach Stacy. We sat there I think and watched the first half of the Maryland and um, UCLA game. And they must have had 30 dunks. Oh, yeah, yeah. They must have had 30 dunks. So when they we just watched, ran him out of the gym. We watched film. Coach, if, if they dunk one time, he's going to kill us. That's like, they better not dunk one time in the basket. That was his game plan. They're, they won't dunk. If they don't dunk, they won't beat us. And that's how we saw it. If you got to play five on five against us, the shot clock, we, we, I think we're more organized and a more structured team, then you're not going to have a chance. And they didn't. I don't know. I'm sure they had a dunk here or there, but it, it, yeah. it wasn't one two. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it wasn't yeah, if there was one, it was late in the game. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even close. It was yeah. never close. You know, and we knew like the players they had and how we matched up. Like, we, I wasn't really too worried about them. You know, yeah. like one of the guys, Moisio, which was 6'11", French. Yep. Yeah, I Jerome. was worried about his length because I, I have to guard him. So I got to make sure I push him out. I got to make sure he don't get close because my job being a good defender in the post was before you catch the ball. I was really strong. So I got to push you out further away. If, if he get it too close, that's going to be too easy. You know, so, um, yeah, we, we end up getting way more dunks than them. Well, and then you know, the famous Michigan state game and, you know, obviously a tough ending and I'm sorry, and I'm sorry to bring up Stevie, but like the last five minutes, a lot of weird things happened. A lot of bad things that didn't really go Iowa state's way. And it, it it's really unfortunate because it was such a unbelievable season, first of all, and a, and a, and a really good game that, that you guys played. But when that last five minutes happened, I know it's really hard to talk about still. And I'm, you know, I'm in the, <laughs> like you said, you haven't really watched the game, but was there a sense of, uh, first of all, having to play Michigan State, the number one seed in their home? I mean, it's just all in, those things. In, in Auburn Palace. Yeah. And they did they did a story the night before of the Flintstone guys, that you know, yep. those guys. I don't remember a lot about that game because I, I, I blocked it out. I just know we never got a rhythm the whole game. I think Jamal was in foul trouble. I think Marcos, it, it, nothing went right for us at all. It's just one play I remember more than anything. We came out of timeout or right before timeout. They end up getting the alley-oop from Cleves to Peterson. And that's the only play I really remember about the entire game, to be honest with you. Yeah, because yeah. I always think to myself, man, I should have hedged harder. You know, you think about your mistakes. Like, I, I should have – why how, how, Why wasn't I there to stop him from getting 
that's the only thing I can really remember. I just remember it was horrible. Like, I in Michigan State, I think Tom Izzo is one of the greatest coaches of, of all time in college. He's really tough. Him and his players are getting a fight almost on the court. But if you talk to any of his players outside of the court, they love him. He brings them back. I, I love him for that. And they played exactly like we played. Our goals that season was we was going to out-rebound every team and we was going to play good defense. And that was going to give us a chance to win. And that was the same thing they did. So we was playing against ourselves and they just had a better game. I, I go back and, and I just think about it, what if or whatever. If we get to play 10 times, I think it, the outcome would be different. But yeah, that, that won't hurt. Because I think if we won, who we would play Florida in the next round, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Yep. yep. Yeah. I, well, I they met like, Florida. They actually met Florida in the national championship game. I guess I can't remember. I can't remember who yeah. it was. Yeah. Maybe I think it was Florida because, and I, I like that matchup. Yeah. Pfizer against Haslam. And, you know, yeah. they had Mike Miller, but we played good defense. And, you know, we weren't yeah. going to let him kiss the ball. But, yeah, that was a tough one. That, that I, I still haven't got over that. You, you never forget your last game. Yeah. And you just wish that you could have did something different to change the outcome. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones John Deere dealer of choice. Well, you know, your uh, your career ended for basketball, but um, you had a unique decision that, that you made that most people um, <laughs> probably wouldn't have done, but you did something that was so rare is that you decided to go off of football. and. Yeah. I got a couple of questions to ask you, Steve. One, yeah, did, you, yeah, of course, of course. did you even play football in high school? No. And who who conned you into going out? <laughs> so, so this this the thing. Coach Rhodes, Paul Rhodes, he was the defensive back coach since I was like a freshman or sophomore. Coach Rhodes always, Steve, you need to come out and play because he would always come to the game. And he would talk to me. Coach Rhodes talked to me after, like, that steal you got. You could be out there on the football field, you know, doing this, doing that. So then my senior year, you know, my career came and went. I, I'm not going to – didn't think I would get a chance to play after college. Coach um, Tony Afford said, you need to come out here and play. You need to come out here. You know, you can play. I didn't even know I was allowed to play a fifth year. I didn't know that, you know. Yeah. Coach yeah. Afford said, Steve, you should – and I talked to my dad about it. And he said, yeah, man, you should try it, you know, because the thing was I played football in junior high. I was great. Played a couple of games in high school and was really good. I was usually the fastest person on the field. Like, yep. I just had attributes for – it would have been easier for me to play football than basketball because I didn't end up growing anymore. And for 6'4 and can run really fast and was fair, it would have been better. But I knew nothing about football. Like I come again, I come from Beaumont, Mississippi, where the best athlete on the field usually gonna be, you know, I didn't have any technique. I wasn't taught how to do this and that. So I knew nothing. And that was the biggest thing. And I look back on it. When I did it, I didn't think much of it. I look back on it now and I'm like, man, that was pretty impressive. Cause I actually played a little bit. You know, I was behind Derek Walker and I love I still talk to my coach, my my linebackers coach, and it was one of the best years. I got to be with Reggie, I got to be with James, I got to be with all these guys, Sage. And I got to see Iowa State football change from when I first got there to they was all they were getting ready to, you know, yeah. I just was lucky to be a part of that team. And I'm glad they accepted me and got a chance to actually play a little bit. And I didn't start to understand the game, Mike, until the end of the year. They were speaking yeah. a different language to me. Uh, absolutely. It, it was, I had no idea. Most of the time I had no idea what I was doing, but I was so athletic that it, I would make up for it. Yeah. If I made a false step, then I could get back in, you know. Like, but I didn't really learn until that, like the end of the year, I started to get things like this is easy. It's it started to click for me, you know. Yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, I look back at it, it was pretty amazing. But then I like it was just like, man, I want to try it. Yeah, well, and what's interesting, Stevie, is like, I mean, there's not going to be any cyclone in the history of the athletic department <laughs> ever can say they played in an elite eight NCAA basketball game and to win a bowl game. Yeah. And not only I mean, you were key parts of both. And that's the thing that was, you know, was amazing about it, is that you actually contributed in football when a lot of people thought that you wouldn't even, you know, step foot on the field. And yeah, let's go into what was that, that was like for you. So you you did these great things in basketball. You switched to football and then you're a part of a team now that had made a bowl game for the first time in 22 years. And then you go yeah. and win it. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and you know, the one play in that game is the Jermaine Billups a punt return. Yeah. What was that like on the sideline when he was doing that? I felt like we were the better team. They had some really good guys. They had the the um, I think his name was Bryant, the wide receiver. Antonio Bryant. And Antonio Bryant. I think he was the Belichnikov winner. Yeah, he was really when, good. He really was good. good. They had a running back like Barlow, who was a monster. Yeah, Kevin Barlow. But we was like, I thought we had a better team. Yeah. Well, one thing happened. I want to say JJ, I don't know if he got concussed or what happened. I think he got hurt early. Yeah, he got JJ, knocked out of the game in the first half. JJ was so good that year. People don't understand. He was so good. That year he was amazing. Like he he did so much for the offense. But I never felt like we was gonna lose the game. I never felt like it. And then when Billups broke punt back, I'm like, oh, it's over. We we got him. You know, we, we got this. And Reggie was great. James Reed, that, that defensive one. Our defensive line was so good. Those it's guys didn't get probably one of the get, best in school history. They don't get the credit from yeah. Brian Harkloff to Ryan, you know, they don't get the credit that they deserve, but they were so good and they led, you know, led that team. Yeah. You know, and um, it was so it was so fun to be a part of that. Like, I was just so blessed to be, you know, like I didn't do anything special or I didn't do anything to deserve it. But to be a part of both of those teams or three teams that I thought was really good, it was just a blessing. And I'm, I'm glad I didn't leave. I was staying. I stayed, you know, and, and maybe I didn't have the individual success that I thought I would. But I think I, I can match my career up against a lot of people yeah, when I was staying in, you know. In a team success, it will be up there with, with, with anybody, I think. Well, there's no doubt about that, Stevie. And then, you know, you kind of alluded to earlier that, you know, you didn't think that maybe you're going to play basketball at the next level, but you ended up doing just that. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, you played – a lot of people don't know this, but you played maybe longer – Than anybody. Than, than anybody. You played yeah. 15 years. Am I wrong? 15 years in um, as a pro. Yeah. And – a lot of it was in Iceland. Is that correct? No, no. First two years in Iceland. Uh, first two years. Okay. Yeah. So, I, and, and how that happened was after football season, I went to the basketball office. I was going to, you know, play some hoops or whatever. One of the managers there, one of the like um, GAs there said, Stevie, do you want to play basketball again? I said, yeah. He was from Iceland. And he said, well, I got a friend in Iceland. That, I said, man, yeah. Um, what do I need to do? You know, so he talked to somebody and said, oh, they, they, they're going to put you on a team. And then 9-11 happened. So I was yeah. getting ready to leave. That happened. So it prolonged it a little bit. But when I got there, I had played football. So I was 240 pounds from being 220. I hadn't really played competitive basketball in a while. And um, I had lost a step because I was always so fast. And I was making the same moves I always making, but I wasn't going by anybody. I'm like, what's going on? You know, so I remember my first game. Over there, preseason, we won, and maybe I had 20 points, had a lot of assists. And, this, and my coach, who in, he, he was Icelandic, but he played basketball in the States, he said, you have to score 30 points every game or they're going to send you home. Like, <laughs> what? You know, we won, and I had been always – I had went from being a superstar in high school. To, I was the second leading scorer in Mississippi history when I left Mississippi to being a role player for four years and only cared about winning. To now somebody telling me, well, we, we need to win, but more importantly, you need to score a lot of points, so they're going to send you home. That's just how it is. That's a lot of points. <laughs> yeah, but I end up averaging 34 points, I think, that year, and 30 the next year, and I end up going to Spain for eight years, had a great career okay. there, had two really good years in Germany where uh, MVP there and, and team went up, so it, w it ended up turning out like it was great. Like, I, I wouldn't give it, you know, change anything about it. And playing overseas, I'm just guessing you got to see the world, and how awesome was that? Like, it's amazing. Like, people, I didn't make a lot of money, you know, but I got to continue to play sports for a living. Yeah. For 13, 14 years out of my life, which was, it was awesome. And I got that team camaraderie. Like, the hardest thing about being an athlete is when you're done playing. And you, you, you miss the actual game, but you miss more, I think, being with your teammates. We had yeah. long bus rides overseas, and, and guys who I played with over there, I'm still friends with to this day. And it was just an unbelievable experience. And I got to play it again. I got to, you know, be myself again on the court. So I went to being a quote-unquote superstar again. I, I won MVP three or four times over there, you know. And my team won a championship. And I, I tell a lot of people sometimes, you would never get the feeling 
like people chanting your name MVP on the opposing court because I was a good guy. So we was on the road and my fans started and everybody like I can you can never get that. What job yeah. can I do to, to give me that? Yeah. That feeling like I mean it was amazing. Like and I and I got a chance to do that and people love me and I, I love, you know, being a part of those cultures and going to visit kids in schools and but I knew it was getting it was over. Like by last um year or two in Germany, we went to a school and we would talk to the kids. And I would ask them, you know, we would ask, who's your favorite player? You know, a lot of them was dirt because dirt was from yeah. the States, but most of them was Kobe Bryant. And I asked them, what about Michael Jordan? They were like, who was who was, who, <laughs> who was, who was Michael Jordan? And the kid, the kid that I'm asking this have on a pair of Jordan shoes. So I'm like, dude, it's t- definitely time for me to retire. Yeah. You guys don't know who Michael Jordan is. Like, <laughs> time to hang him up. It's time to hang him up. Yeah, no, I knew it. I knew it. Well, once again, Stevie Johnson, we're joined here with Stevie Johnson, one of the greatest Iowa State basketball players and, and football players. And I got one more question for you, Stevie. Uh, you know, just kind of tell Cyclone fans where you're living now and, and what are you up to now? I live in North Hollywood, California. I work for an insurance company. I'm a, a claim adjuster. So like if you have a disaster at your house, I'm the guy that comes and estimate for it and, and, yep. and pay you for that. Um, I've been doing that for probably about seven years now. I'm probably looking to get out of that, but that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm just living in California and enjoying the weather and life is good. Yep. Well, Stevie, you're always welcome back here at Iowa State. You know that. We, we can't wait I to see you again. I thank you guys so much. I mean, yeah. what you guys have been doing with the uh, letter club, with, like I, I tell everybody, like I really feel a part of the program again. And that means a lot because without you guys, I wouldn't feel like there was a lot of years that I didn't get to come back or I didn't even know anything what was going just watched it on TV and support yeah. from afar. But you guys really make us feel like we're a part of the program again. And I, I really appreciate you guys that Mike. Well, thank you, Stevie, for joining us. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Today's sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.